You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. Welcome to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. I'm Lextopia here. We are ready to talk about validation. So I was having... A conversation with my therapist as I do weekly and um, I was upset about a situation and I couldn't figure out why my level of reaction was so high to something that was seemingly not that big of a deal um, and like has that ever happened to you like something like somebody said something that wasn't really like if you were looking at it from the outside didn't really seem like a really big deal or something that happened but it affected you on a higher level Okay. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, not exactly like that. I think there's things later where you look at and it makes more sense, or I can be more understanding uh, because maybe I actually have more context, or you know, or it's like, oh, in the big scheme of things, like it wasn't about me, but not necessarily like maybe I don't know. Probably at some point, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head, like as a regular thing happening. Yeah, and so maybe just me and whoever else out there is listening and it's like yeah that sounds like me um but it was not a big deal like it and I'm not saying that to minimize my feelings like my feelings are valid but the situation in which my feelings came about like it wasn't equal like the scale was very much tipped towards my feelings being super high and I was talking to him about that and he was like well from the outside it's like you the other person and the thing that happened and he was like what I'm hearing is that instead of you looking at this generally like, oh, this is just a miscommunication or a conflict or whatever happens, he's like, you're taking whatever happened between you all as an indictment on your worth and your value as a person or to that person, meaning that, you know, if they said something hurtful, it's like, oh, well, they don't love me anymore. Or I guess I'm worthless then. And so that's where my feelings were going. And so that conversation with my therapist kind of, kind of inspired this whole conversation about, our worth and how do we define our own value and our own worth and where does that come from? What are some things that affect that and how can we improve like our own self value and our own self worth and maybe take a look at where we're getting that from and just derive it from ourselves. So taking a step back from external validation and turning everything inward. And I definitely find myself attaching my worth to external factors. Um, And I know that because to the point of what you're asking earlier, I couldn't think of any specific ideas of like a conflict or like something that happened like that per se. But I do know like when I feel some kind of way, what does it tend to be around? It may tend to be around money issues or it may tend to be around something with work or certain things are going to affect you a little bit more hard than other things or, you know, make you just feel a little bit more down, even though it may not be as big of a deal or serious or whatever. And so that for sure lets me know like, all right, I'm definitely, you know, when business is booming then you know, you'd be in a great mood when them checks is crying in a great mood. <laughs> Otherwise it's like, Oh man, you know, something um, happened or if I lost a client or, you know, something's not going smoothly, then you're taking it on um, a lot more than you need to, because that tells you that there's something going on with you or wrong with you. Um, and you may not feel like, you're being your best self at that time. And so to me, that's kind of um, a signal that for sure uh, my worth is wrapped up in other things. How would you, like if I ask you to define your worth, 
Like, how would you answer that? Mm. Uh, so I would know that, you know, things don't define my worth and that, um, you know, I'm awesome because I'm here and, and whatever else. But if I was keeping it real about, like, what my actions say about how I define my worth, I think it's by my ability to uh, be free, which I would define as my ability to just do the things that I want to do. Um, and my ability to perform and achieve in uh, particular spaces, I would guess. So for me, I know that's kind of the spaces where I, I would, like I know I feel good when these things can happen. I like that. And I like that you said, like, you would say this, oh, because I'm just a person and all these things. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, like, it sounds cool. <laughs> but but look at your life and, like, see where that actually is. And that's even for someone who works in the self-love, mindfulness industry. I would say, you know, your worth doesn't lie in what you do. It's in who you are. And nothing can change that. And it's like, yeah, you know that. But then it's wrapped up in how much you're getting paid and your abilities, like your partner or your the people in your life or how much you can do for others. And so really pausing and taking a moment to look at your life and seeing where you actually hold that value. I would say mine is also in freedom. Um, I think Alexia and I are kindred souls in that sense of being at, being able to do whatever we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. And I would say mine is also in like how much I can help other people and build up my community mm-hmm. and figure out what that looks like. Yeah, that does feel bad too. Like if you really care about giving back or having some kind of an impact, it does hurt me more so like if I'm kind of in a mode where I have to conserve I'm actually kind of more hurt by, like, I can't do things for other people. I can't help other people or, or I can't kind of be there for other people as much because I can barely, like, you know, get my own stuff together. And I think a lot of times that can be huge as well. So that's a good one, too, about how you help others. Um, how can a person recognize what they're attaching their worth to? Like, we kind of have some ideas about what we're connected to, but how do you think one can really analyze that and figure out, like, hmm, what am I, you know, attaching to my worth? I think a big one is looking at your triggers, like those moments um, where whether it be conflicts or whatever them checks ain't hidden right or whatever it is that like really wound you on what seems to be a deeper level than what other things normally would, um, like things you might be more sensitive about. Um, like if someone like for me, if somebody teasing on my forehead, like, oh, man, but I, I know I have a big forehead, but it's an aesthetic example. But thinking about those things that you might take a little bit more personally than you would other things. Mm hmm. Or situations or environments where you might not feel as comfortable, like if you're at a social setting or, and you feel like, oh man, I'm I don't have the same kind of job as these people, or I'm not doing at the same level or something like that too. Um, another way to realize what you're attaching yourself worth to is when people ask, hey Carly, how you doing? How's life been? Like, what are the first things you kind of say about yourself? Or if it's maybe a new person who's introducing or or you're being introduced to, you know, what are those first things you kind of say about yourself? And um, for me, I I think it tends, it's not always like about work in general, but I'm gonna be like, yeah, you know, work's cool. This is family good, whatever. Um, and I think we kind of, A, have those canned messages, but then B, like, even if you're meeting somebody, I feel like there's kind of a certain thing you go through. And I think that can be a big indicator of what's important to you. And I think that that is a much more realistic view of your values and where your heart and intentions actually lie than 
if you were to sit there and just write them down, Dr. Demartini, um, had, who, who's wonderful, but he talks about that's a great way to gauge what your actual values are versus what your perceived values or what you think you should be valuing is, you know, he's like, parents are always going to talk about their kids. He's like, entrepreneurs are always going to talk about business. Travel people always talk about travel. He's like, look at what conversations you get lost in. And that's really where your value lies, whether you're consciously admitting it to yourself or not. Mm hmm. And then we've alluded to this already, but when things are going bad in particular areas, um, sometimes it affects your well-being more than others. So maybe if, you know, you're, something's going on with your parents or something's going on with your work or something's going on with your money situation or in your relationship, maybe if they, like, said something to you kind of funny and now, oh, man, your whole week's messed up, mm-hmm. um, your worth may be ta- attached to that relationship or what you think they think about you. Um, so that's a good way too, just to think about, you know, which things are you able to just be like, oh, whatever, like that happened, or you kind of move through them more quickly. Whereas other areas or other things, like you, it really sticks to you because it means something more to you. Yeah, and none of these are bad or better than other ones, but this is just helping you um, as an individual look and see uh, where your value lies and then on what type of external things you might be attaching your worth to. I think one of the biggest, most common ones is work and productivity. A lot of times if you don't get your to-do list done or if you're like, oh, man, I'm so lazy today. And it's like, bro, you had a hard week. You work 80 hours and you sleeping. Like, let yourself rest. It's like, you know, we so often in society, it's glamorized to be, you know, team hustle, team no sleep, all those things that we don't subscribe to. But that is a big one, productivity. And we can attach achievement in general to um, our self-worth because a lot of times we may grow up being a person who, um, used to getting praise for like you always do well if you're a person who's used to um, doing pretty well with different things or used to getting it very quickly or whatever mm-hmm. you kind of attach yourself to like oh I'm an achiever like I got it I can do well um, and then so when sometimes you come across something you're like oh, I don't understand this or I can't get it like it really can mess you up because you're just you know very much attached to the idea that you're an achiever man you had to call me out like that mm-hmm. um, another one is social media Getting on for validation, like if your posts get a lot of likes or shares or if your account is growing and, you know, taking that stuff a little bit too personally, like if you're getting a lot of praise for things that you're doing or just how you appear to other people and seeing what they, you know, give you some likes and some hand claps for. Mm -hmm. Relationship status is another big one. And I was just talking about this yesterday when I was watching Frasier, um, which I love. It's my favorite show. I'm watching the whole thing again for like the fifth time. But it's like every episode, you know, I noticed and I was talking about like, yo, they really all they care about is being in a relationship. Like the characters whole lives are around like, oh, I don't have a date or, you know, haven't dated in a while or whatever. And it's like your self-worth can become attached to your ability to like have somebody around or to have people interested in you um, to have a title, a specific title. Like if this person's not your your girlfriend or your wife or you know certain things by a certain time you feel some kind of way and so all of that is an external validation also that we can attach to our self-worth like if our status isn't what we want it to be um we hate being single or whatever then it's just like we're just not in a good space yeah and I think that happens to women a lot specifically and I can only speak from that vantage point because I am a woman but I I've done that in a group chat like told them all the amazing stuff I was working on and like achieving and doing mm-hmm. all this and they and were what like they, care about. they were like okay but who are you dating and I was like y'all are not just bringing me down to people that are in my life like that y'all suck and it'd be like that in the south a lot too because <gasps> I recognize when I go back home to North Carolina anytime I'm going back to like visit old people I used to work with things like that that tends to be the top question, mm-hmm. like, for a woman is like, okay, like, are you dating? Are you 
thinking about getting married, having kids. And it's like, okay, I'm doing all, all these other things, but all right, that's what people care about because maybe societal, societal um, norms kind of lead them to feel like that's what gives a woman their worth if they're with somebody else, which mm-hmm. is absolutely not, not it. it. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not, not it. it. Um, and then another, another place where we can try to get external validation and mm. we sometimes place our self-worth is in being needed. So, um, you may have grown up feeling, you know, taking responsibility for other people or feeling great when people are show appreciation to how you're there or you help them. And so you're kind of always looking for that appreciation you want to receive or you want to feel like you're doing for other people and that makes you feel good. Or maybe it's a way you avoid your own things that you should probably need to take care of. But either way, I think that's very easy to attach self-worth to that, to um, wanting to be needed by other people. And I would also say if you're in that type of situation and you kind of feel like, man, why am I always in this situation? It's self-perpetuating. It's because you do find that as like Mm an external validation factor. And so we discussed some of the most common ones. I'm sure there are other ones. If y'all know of any, feel free to hit us and let us know. Some we might have missed. But what is the result? Like, why does it matter if we attach our worth to things that are outside of us? Well, your mood and your... Uh, dang, I'm going to say vibe, but like, I know there's better vocabulary words than your vibes, <laughs> but they're really affected more deeply. Like you're very much affected by external things happening and sometimes things that are out of your control. And it's like, you don't have to be yo-yoed up and down based off of that. Like whether you're single or in a relationship, it, you can still be fine. Like you should still be focused and happy and you know, everything going well. And so the fact that it can so deeply like mess you up or take you off course, um, when something happens in a particular column makes it not such a good thing to be attached to those things. Absolutely. I think another one in in that same vein is like your happiness and your ability to feel good or to feel successful or to feel loved is dependent on things that you can't control, which inevitably is going to have you swaying in like a hurricane type wind situation. And so you can't allow your external things because you'll never be able to control those. And that can cause you to have so many ups and downs and, I just, yeah, it's stressful. Yeah, and it's all a recipe for just ha- being more anxious, uh, for being depressed at times because uh, you're kind of in a space where you are not feeling your own power and you're not feeling your own control. And again, allowing these external factors to affect you in that way um, kind of keeps you apart and keeps that chain broken of recognizing your self-worth in, you know, that you're here, being able to tap into that kind of energy that can keep you moving, keep you going, keep you focused, et cetera, um, along the way. So if these things are like bad to attach to our self-worth, then like, like, should we be attaching anything to our self-worth or no, it's just, it should just be a pure thing that we have to figure out how to keep everything away from it. That's what I was about to say. Um, this reminds me of, oh, Michael Singer, uh, the, the Untethered Soul. Mm-hmm. I was like, the book has a horse mm-hmm. on it. It's blue. <laughs> um, the Untethered that Soul. That horse is on the beach. <laughs> that living his best living life. His best Every time I send that book, I'll be like, yo, ignore the cover, but it's good, though. Because <laughs> it looked like a romance novel or something. I'll be like, yo, ignore does, the cover. Ignore the cover. Read the book. I if tried y'all to send haven't... it to my bros, and they was like, mm. Yeah, The Untethered Soul is delightful if you I haven't read it. Read it again. Again. I was about to say, it's I'm about to bust ones. that hoe out. It's one of them ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but he talks about being the watcher. And what that means is like, Something great can happen. Like you get that client that you've been working for at the month and higher than the rate you asked them. And you feel like you on the moon, like mm-hmm. high. 
and you see that and you allow yourself to feel it, but you kind of have a separation. Like you don't completely let it take you too high because that same thing, let's say they drop you the next day for someone else can take you so low. And so he, he encourages you to sit in the seat of the watcher knowing that like your emotions happen, but they're not you. So you pretty much just allow everything that's on going on around you. Like someone breaks up with you. Someone talks to you crazy. You get a, you win the lottery, which would be amazing. But all these other things you, they just kind of happen to you, but it, is not define who you are. And I think that that is a good vantage point to go from. So it's not to say that these things aren't important. It's not to say that you can't value them and they can't make you really excited or really hurt your feelings because all of that can be true. It's just that making sure you don't become those emotions because of those things like that are attached to it. So what does define who you are though? Is that something that we make up for ourselves? I mean, I have a yogi, um, we are all one answer. And then I have like my Carly answer, my, my, we are one answer is we're all one. We're all energy. We are all the universe. We're all made up of the same things. And so anything that we choose to define ourselves would be ego or would be trauma mm. or would be something else because we're essentially everything and nothing. That's a very yoga answer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, my Carly- We're all everything. Like, we're all connected. Yeah, we're all connected. Um, I always think about your highway, like we're all on a mm -hmm. um, thing together, mm -hmm. like on little belts. But my Carly answer would be, uh, you said how to define ourselves. Um, or like, what would that- Yeah, so how do you, how do we define ourselves? Um, can we- I'm, I don't know. I don't I don't have a good answer. I'm going to have to think about that. Because now it's like, okay, we realize, you know, the things that are important to us are the things that affect us most. And but if you strip those away. That's because, yeah, our self-worth is kind of tied into those things. So I'm just thinking like, okay, so what is my self-worth by itself? Like, you know, not attached to anything. Or, or is it just that you can say, hey, my self-worth. My self-worth is in a pace, place of peace and freedom and I was about to say, happiness I think and just feeling you want to. I, I know the goal is you can feel those things at any point, but is it because we have our self-worth attached in, to different things that we don't tap into that or? No, I think it's just knowing that you're inherently worthy right now as you are without attachments to anything mm -hmm. like anything else I do will never make me more or less worthy than I am mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And just resting in that. Um, if you're religious, it's knowing that God created you worthy and that you'll always be worthy and nothing can mm -hmm. detract from that or add to it. Um, which, you know, we'd be trying to do that though, but it reminds me of the story where the teacher like had a $20 bill and it's like, how much is it worth? $20 crumble it up. How much is it worth? $20 stomping it. $20. It's like, it's mm -hmm. inherently mm -hmm. just has worth mm -hmm. regardless of what happens. If it's in a case, if it's crumply, if it's whatever. So I think we have value just because we have value. And anything that we try to define it with on the outside of us is us uh, attaching to it things. It quantifies something that now it can move around on the scale. Yeah, mm -hmm. when, it, when it's just here always. Um, so what is the – oh, my bad. We just talked about that. Um, so how do, how do we now, if we recognize, okay, we have some different things attached to our self-worth, how do we now go about stripping that or disconnecting our self-worth from those things? Because that sounds really, sounds like, A, it's a lot of things. And mm -hmm. it's probably something that's an ongoing process of, like, anytime you're triggered now, it's like, oh, yeah, that's that. And so you, it'll just constantly be recognizing it. Maybe that's just the first piece of it. But um, how can we disconnect? I 
think you mentioned the first part is like just this is a journey. I don't think there's ever an ending point. I think it's just something we work towards. Um, but acknowledging that you actually are defining your worth and value by things that are on the outside of you. Like we all do it. Like none of us, mm -hmm. even monks, mm -hmm. like they'll talk the people who sit and do mantras, all this stuff. Like Jay Shetty talks about it a lot. Um, we all do it. And so I think first acknowledging it. And then figuring out what those things are for you, like those really important things, if it's work, if it's family, if it's, you know, your partner, whatever it is on the outside and just giving yourself a moment for a pause. And to not have things or and to not have your self-worth attached to external factors means space for validating yourself. Or I feel like maybe validating yourself is like what takes the space of that if you were doing that. And so I think maybe it's even an easier question to ask, like, how do you validate yourself? Mm. Um, and I think a way that you validate yourself can be in, I don't want to say like affirmations in the way of like saying those words to yourself, but in being aware and catching like what you think, like, Oh man, I should have sent that email or, Oh, I took too much of a break or, you know, that shows like kind of you feel bad on yourself because you attach your self-worth to productivity, for example, but you can validate yourself in those spaces. Like, you know what, I've been getting a, a lot done or, you know, just switching the narratives for yourself in a way that literally validates yourself through words, I think, um, is a way to do that when you do catch it. Yeah, I think that is the beautiful part. And I like the flip of the question um, is how can we validate ourselves and, that's a big one is giving yourself more attention. Um, we did an episode about spending more time like with yourself and being present. I think that that's huge. Like when you spend time with yourself, you know what it is that you want, you know what it is that you need, and then you can go give yourself that. And then that's validation in and of itself that you're mm -hmm. that in tune with yourself, that you know what you want and what you need and you're working towards it. And on days when you need, and that when you're not, that that's okay too. And it doesn't make you any less worthy. So noticing on those weeks where you might just not be focused and might not be feeling it, that you're still worthy. And like reminding yourself of that and loving on yourself like you would someone in your life if they were struggling with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see yourself more. You can hear yourself more. You can show yourself more love. And those tend to be. Um, some of the spaces where if you're kind of looking for an external validation, you can recognize that's what you're looking for and that you can do that for yourself at that time. Also, um, one of the things like our boy Kyle Cease would say when he's like, uh, you know, sometimes you recognize it's like you're adding extra steps to like, OK, I'll be happy if this thing's happening. But you're like making a problem that you have to solve and then you can feel a certain way when you could just start out focusing on feeling those things, and then you kind of tend to get in the right direction of what you're looking for or the work you want to bring or the love you want to have or whatever, but you don't really have to have something in between you and those emotions or you and you feeling good. Um, and it's really just a perspective change, a mindset change, and that's a lot of work, um, especially when you grow up um, in a way where you're getting validation for so long. And so it's something that you tend to have to be you have to recognize so you can be aware of. I think that that's so important and making sure that you can feel something because if you can't feel happiness without money, without the partner, without that client, you're not going to fill it with them. And so though all of those things that you're, you're looking be scared for, the whole time, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it, which you can't when you operate out of fear, you're not present and experiencing anyways. And so I think part a big part of validation is giving yourself the space to feel those things and have those things and show up for yourself first which really creates instead of a thing of like, if I know how to love myself, 
then whenever I have a partner, I'm not looking for them to fill that. I'm not looking for them to fill anything that I have because I'm doing that myself. They're just an addition and they just enhance what I'm doing as opposed to like, hey, well, if they're not here, then I'm not loved. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, fam, you, you, it's, you start there. Yeah, if you can feel it for yourself and do it for yourself, it can never be shaky. And then the rest of it just makes everything so much better or, or continues to be good. But it's definitely a skill that requires practice, as all these things do. But once something kind of clicks and you start recognizing it, I just love that feeling because now it's just like, oh, man, you just see it more often. And it's something that you can slowly, like, just, you know, change the course of um, how you feel and how things around you make you feel. So, Carly, what does it then look like if your worth wasn't dependent on all those things? Like, what can that look like? How can that feel? It can feel like peace. Uh, like wholeness, like happiness, like love, like abundance. Mm-hmm. It's us feeling all of those things that we're looking for and trying to fill or like um, we talked about Kyle C's earlier, like, man, whenever, whenever I get this thing, I'm going to be really mm-hmm. happy. It's like, no, 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 just feel that now. So it's allowing us to recognize what we have in the moment and be present. I think it feels like gratitude. Um, how would you describe mm-hmm. that? Or would you add anything Well, like, instead of feeling like you need that thing or the relationship to feel worthy, because you already feel worthy of it, it allows you to actually enjoy those things. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel like you'd probably be in a space, a a more level space of, like, joy and just not feeling um, as up and down. Like, I can definitely pinpoint, I think, maybe time periods and stuff where it just feels like you're just so up and down. And it's like, all right, what am I, you know, what is affecting me right now? What is the thing? Um, and it's always, you know, just something external. And so without that, I feel like it just feels more level. Like it feels more like you're just in the middle and you're not as affected by, you know, everything around you. Man, McConaughey's book, Green Light, Green Light. It was so mm-hmm. good. But something that he said that really sticks with me, and I might have mentioned it before, but y'all going to get it again, mm-hmm. is less impressed and more involved. Mm-hmm. And so anytime that you are putting something on a pedestal, whether it be a person, a job, whatever, you're separating it from yourself. You're literally elevating it. And so anytime you find yourself doing that, take whatever it is off of it and just be more involved. If it's a person, be more involved. If it's, you know, an industry like just or a job or whatever, be more involved and then take that away. And I think that that speaks to what you're saying. It just allows you to be present and enjoy the moment. Just be less impressed and more involved and listen to that book if you haven't yet. It's good. Yeah, because his voice is just so cool. Green light. <laughs> um, so that is our episode today on um, recognizing your self-worth and not attaching it to external things. Um, I think we all can recognize that we do that at some point or another. So this week, hit us up, carlyscouch.com. Leave messages on the post. You can leave messages on YouTube, um, Instagram, Twitter. Everything is Carly's Couch. And just let us know your thoughts on uh self-worth and how you can center that on yourself and if you have any shout outs or any questions comments if you're trying to join us on the bouch leave us a voicemail the number is on carlyscouch.com yep and this week i wanted to shout out um one of my clients bronzeville audio series and i want you to go to itunes or wherever you're listening to this now oh this is good for the ending so after we do the question of the week Go look up Bronzeville and wherever you're streaming this podcast and subscribe. Also, season two is getting ready to start on the 16th of March. And it's been 
84 years since the first season <laughs> um season one came out in 2017 but people are so hyped about it that they were literally like cussing them out on facebook and social media <laughs> like yo when's the next season um and then COVID set them back a little bit as well but um the essence of bronzeville is it was produced by lorenz tate lawrence fishburn has a huge cast um season two has everybody from makai pfeiffer to kyla pratt uh oba babatunde a bunch of other people um Malik Whitfield a bunch of people and it takes place in 40s 1940s Bronzeville which is south side of Chicago um which was a, a area and a community where the black folks there own their own theaters on their own banks on their own hospitals um was running what then became the Illinois State Lottery because they took it from the black people and made it a state instituted thing um and it's kind of like gangsters um playing the numbers and all these different things it's like a drama um and they call it theater of the mind because the way they did all the sound production and the effects and everything like that, it feels like you're really watching a show. Mm. Um, but it's an audio and it's a drama and it's a series. So I want you to subscribe to it because it's really good um, and catch up and get ready for season two. And then the question of the week is what fictional place would you most like to go? Um, for me, the answer to that is Narnia. When I was... <laughs> I was probably in high school. I was, I was like, I would fake try to fall into the back of my closet and I ain't go nowhere. Um, but that's what I would say for sure is Narnia. Man, Narnia was on my list, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Hogwarts and like Harry Potter's mm -hmm. whole world. I'm trying to drink some butterbeer. Mm -hmm. That is cool too. Yeah, I sit in the great hall and all that jazz. Yeah, I want to go to Universal Studios to go to Harry Potter World because I hadn't been yet. I, I don't even know if either. they're open now or not. If but they're, when they open, we should go. Yeah, I don't know if the rides are open anymore. Actually, I, mean, I feel like they probably are because didn't Disney World open up? Something crazy. Uh, yeah, I can they hold did. off. I'm about to say, I, we can hold off, but I'm trying <laughs> to go hold with off you a minute. Yeah, that's something date. I want to do because they do have the butterbeer and all that stuff there too. Yo, I'm, I'm down. Let's go. <laughs> um, So guys, let us know what non-fictional place you would most like to or not non-fictional what fictional place you would most <laughs> like to go um and we hope you enjoyed this episode we'll talk to you next week bye y'all